On this episode of Atomic Moms, we talk about our podcast inception and why we're so excited to bring you all the latest parenting tidbits. Our guest is none other than my husband, Michael Catherwood, from the radio program Loveline with Dr. Drew. He drops some dad bombs and Rudy and Sad Girl visit. Hey guys, welcome. Atomic Moms, first podcast. Ellie and I are laughing sitting here because we feel like we're so unqualified to do this. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but we're going to do it nonetheless because um, we feel like it's important and we feel like we have things we want to talk about and hopefully things that you want to hear. And my uh, lovely and beautiful co-host. I feel like we're breath- birthing a dream right now. <laughs> Ellie, I didn't even ask you what last name you're going to go by. Uh, Nos. Nos. I don't know. I th- I'm tempted to go to my married name, which is Stekiel, but there's a Y and a K and a Z. They're both hard to pronounce. They're horrible. When you look at them written on paper. Yeah. I always, get, for Nos, I always get Canis. Oh. Always. Last night, I was uh, at a premiere of a movie that I did, a little horror, horror flick, and uh, my co-star mispronounced my name horrifically, like absolutely no. butchered it. And um, and, no. in, and in that moment, I thought to myself, it's this is a lifetime for me of of just biting my tongue and mm. and smiling because I you know I don't want to hurt his feelings you didn't correct him I didn't correct him it was in front of a whole audience it was the Q&A section well, and, when uh, he listens to this he is going to be mortified mortified <laughs> what is the name of your film it's called Dark Was the Night Dark Was yeah. the Night I filmed it about almost three years ago now and it uh, it premiered at Screamfest in LA it was actually a lot of fun and I have to say I was I was happy with the with the end product. I think that you know I am not a huge fan of horror movies, um, but this one was a little more character driven, and uh, and I had a great time shooting it. And um, there were some some true horror fan fanboys in the audience, and um, they were they were very very complimentary, and that made me happy. Aww. So yeah, are there any babies in the movie? I, I have children in the movie. That was very interesting because when I shot it, I was not a mother yet. And now watching it as a mom, mm-hmm. uh, because I remember at the time when I when I filmed it, I was like, God, I don't know if I'm, I'm really scared about betraying not only a mother, but a mother who she, uh, uh, her six-year-old has drowned. And I, a mother going through loss. Hard enough to be a mother, mother going through loss, whole nother deal. Um, but now having a kid and watching it, I felt like I did a, pretty good job <laughs> like, I could identify with how her well I mean nobody can identify until they go through that but um, what did you do last night Ellie what did I do last night I don't even remember I put my baby down to bed yeah. uh, she is obsessed with bath time with daddy well that's nice it's um, really cute he wears his swim trunks oh he and, gets in with her uh, oh yeah Oh, that's well, awesome. Because she's really spazzy right now. And so, like, I put her in once by herself, and she it just seemed dangerous. She's really slippery. She's too big for the little tub to go in the big tub. So they just sort of do, like, a swim swim time together. Oh, I love tub. that. That's yeah. really sweet. But I think she's favoring him now. Because I was gone last weekend to help out my mom in Houston. And, and so now she's daddy-obsessed. She's it's crying when he left this morning. Oh no! And that does that just kind of shatter your heart? Are you are you I'm hurting jealous. a little bit? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. By the way, when you talk about Adam, your husband being in the bath, because um, for those of you listeners out there that don't know, Ellie's husband Adam is my boss. In the daytime, 
he is the creator of Undateable and um, on NBC. On NBC, and um, so I the thought of him in the, in the tub in his swim trunks makes me laugh and gives me good <laughs> fodder for work making fun of him. <laughs> and so here we are, which I think is a good uh, a good kind of lead into our podcast and how that kind of all came about and what our plans are here, even though I know we won't stick anywhere near to what we're planning to do, because that's just not the kind of chicks that we are. <laughs> no. But we were at brunch with our guys. With our guys. In Venice. In Venice, with our, with our kids, with, with our, our girls. Kids. It was the first time you had met Magnolia. Our- it was so sweet, and I, I put my daughter Sabrina in these little sweatpants from Zara. They have arrows on them, and so they were like my Venice sweatpants for her. <laughs> and then it was so ridiculous, because we're at brunch, and I thought she was being such a cute little like Venice hipster in her sweatpants, and then another kid had the same sweatpants. No! And like, <laughs> so I knew I was in the right place. You're just well. Yeah. You either feel jealous or you feel like, wow, I fit in. Yeah. That's good. Um, yeah. And so we were at brunch and I don't even remember what it was that we were talking about, but something that I just asked if you thought about doing a podcast, the two of you, you and Mike. Oh, and then I looked at you and I was like, we should do a podcast, even though we have no business doing a podcast. Yeah, but who does? I mean, people yeah. do this in like their basement. So Yeah. Um, we don't have ba- we don't have basements in LA, so we're in a fancy studio. <laughs> we are in a fancy studio, which makes me feel very grown up and um, and nervous. And we were very giddy about starting this today. And um, you're glowing. I'm really happy. I, I feel like I've found another calling, even though I don't even know if anyone's going to listen to this or it's going to be any good. Okay. It's just fun to be here and, and really create fun. something ourselves. I'm excited about getting to like talk to experts about stuff. Yeah. So let's talk about what we what are what we'd love to do. What ideally, I mean, like when you. When, when we had that conversation that morning and we looked in each other's eyes and we agreed in unison, yes, we are going to do a podcast, yeah. what, was your, what was kind of your, your driving desire? Well, I want to have an excuse to reach out to experts to fix me. <laughs> now, to fix you as Ellie or no. to fix you as I Ellie mean, the mom? Um, no, I'm a really good mom. I, I, uh, but there's always questions. And yeah. I feel like it's, uh, it's so great to be able to say, well, I have this podcast, so, so will you please come on and share your wisdom? And, and I've got a lot of questions. And I'm excited to, to get these people in the seat. Yeah. And we have, a, we have such a fun and interesting and eclectic list of guests that we're planning to yeah. bring in here. And kind of the who's who of... God, all walks of life in Los Angeles. And I feel like being in this city, we are, we are afforded the ability to have like kind of the cream of the crop when it comes to anything from Western medicine to Eastern medicine um, to all sorts of different ways of parenting. Um, we're going to have all our friends and, and some fun celebrity mamas come on and talk about the way that they want to be moms. And I think for me, as you know, because I've said it eight thousand times to you it's like the most important thing for me is i feel like what we're lacking in in the the parenting and and specifically mothering world right now is this lack of judgment and and non-preachiness you know that we want to kind of have a place where everyone can come and feel safe and good about themselves and know that however you choose to parent you know as long as you're kid is not getting beaten <laughs> other horrible things um, she giggles he, nervously <laughs> <laughs> the dark dark demons um, you know that that you should feel free to, to do what feels right for you and mm-hmm. that really what's important here is is instinctual parenting and the idea that you know 
God, we're, we're really doing a bang up job these days of making each other feel guilty and not each other as in you and me. Because no. we don't do that, um, but but out there, if you go on any of the of the blogs or forums, you're right there. No, I, I'm so sorry. I have to raise my seat or something. I've got, I'm talking to this microphone that is like it, up to my forehead. I, it's not though. I don't. Oh, I see. It is. I'm sitting funny. Do you um? Do you want help with that? I do. Know. <laughs> I'm going to ask for help, which is our first um, lesson as mothers for Atomic Moms is when you need help, ask for ask it. Ask for Don't it. Don't be ashamed. Up. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is getting interesting. There you go. Can this go yeah. down? Oh, you guys. You guys, it's our first podcast here, and so we're, we're working out all the kinks. And uh, Ellie, just be we're taller. Good. I know. I need to be better. Clearly, I just needed attention. Um, <laughs> no, but seriously, ask for what you need, people, or you'll spend yeah. the whole podcast staring up at this thing. It's good that we have my very capable and strong husband here, which, by the way, is our first guest. Is, you know, is my husband, beautiful arms, Michael Catherwood, who we'll be talking to very soon. Very soon. Um, so anyway, I, as they are finishing fixing that for you, that's fine. It takes we're good. A, it we're takes good. a we're village great. here. We're great. Uh, so you, uh, I <laughs> Next guest. Can we edit some of this out? <laughs> no, it's gold. <laughs> Please, but, but why this is, is so much better now? Yeah, except it's not staying in place. It's wanting to move. Oh, here, it's this one. Is it this? Here we go. There you go. Oh, I feel so much better now. God, so I can difficult. see you. This is so good. Oh, that's what the problem was. The you problem were, was I was like, like looking at my co-host through a screen. That's why you thought I looked so good is because it, I was filtered. Yeah, exactly. Can you stay behind there? <laughs> yes. No. Anyway, my, my point was just basically that I just I want to have a great place for people to come and to, to find information and to not feel judged if they choose to do it a different way, uh, little pieces, you know, it's not all black and white. And I think that, uh, that parenting is like a little grab bag of whatever you kind of feel works instinctually for you. And so I want, I want that to be this kind of like safe haven here for yeah. everyone. I feel like it's a, a universal church of motherhood. Love like you it. Can just, you know, there's singing, there's dancing, whatever your, <gasps> your thing is. Um, yeah. we're super inclusive. Um, we hope you don't just show up at Christmas. Um, it's going to be a weekly thing. It is going. It's going to be a weekly thing, and then hopefully once a month, we're going to have the bunker episode, which is going to be where we get all our crazy friends in here for some wine and just bitching and moaning about anything really. But hopefully, it somehow relates to being a parent. Yeah. Um, what else? What else? Before we get our illustrious guest on here who has had more experience than both of us combined well <laughs> that's not saying a lot wow <laughs> um i'm mourning my cleavage <gasps> so i feel like we need to give a little space for that a little moment of silence i think i so. wish i had a 40 <laughs> pour it out pour, <laughs> out, pour it out <laughs> on my size a chest I, I want to talk to you about that because i'm so curious what happens i am still breastfeeding you are i just finished a yeah. week ago yeah it's over but it's not totally over. I'm going to get gross for a second. There are little little uh, droplets, droplets <laughs> in the shower. Funny. Little droplets. And it's really sad because apparently when you stop nursing, you have uh, your body wants to give extra antibodies to the baby because the baby's not getting as much milk anymore. Right. So it's sort of like supercharged 
antibody milk again like at the beginning the colostrum yeah um so anyway it's like the wonder woman of breast milk yeah i feel like i should sell it on the black market these little droplets so how long after you finished breastfeeding did you notice the boobies kind of dissipate immediately really like the next day i'd say well i i slowly did it i've been weaning it it's been a year um but yeah this week all of a sudden it was like oh this is what my shirts look like again See, I'm I'm kind of really just not looking forward to that because I have a huge ass, <laughs> and I really feel like during pregnancy, and during this now breastfeeding stage, like my boobs for the first time in my life have complemented my ass. Mm-hmm. Like like they look like they belong together, <laughs> and I feel like now that I've been here, it's going to be really yeah. hard to go. Well, back. maybe yours won't go away. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of people who say that their boobs stay, but I think those people just had secret implants. Maybe. Let's find out about that. That's my conspiracy theory. Because, uh, oh man, it's brutal. I'm sorry, sister. I mean, at least I had a summer, I had one summer of cleavage. Um, That's why I I continued nursing. That's not true. (laughs) I did it because I'm very attuned to my child. No, I don't know. The cleavage, it was fun. I, I, it's fun. It's great. It's fantastic. We'll ask my husband when he comes on here. That's probably a great segue, right? Should we bring Boobs. on our, so bring bring our guest? Yeah. Please welcome. <laughs> Michael Catherwood. Thank you. AKA Psycho Mike. Known yeah. for for his stint so far on Loveline and Dancing stint. with the Stars. That was a stint. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Loveline is your job. Yeah, it's more my job, yeah. Less than a stint. So uh, let me ask you, how do you yeah. think we're doing so far? Since so far, so good. So, since you guys sound great. Do you have any notes for us? No. Keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's Don't good. worry about editing out like the Ellie fixing her microphone and stuff like that. It's, no, I, I, I think people that's really fascinating. Well, no, no. I mean, it's not fascinating at all. <laughs> but I do think that people respond to you know. Consuming entertainment that doesn't seem like it's so forced. You know, it doesn't seem contrived. You know, it, yeah. it's just two girls talking, which yeah, hopefully which is what's some, going someone on. will want to listen mm-hmm. to. Because uh, it, in 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 reality, neither of you two have any fucking clue what goes on in a microphone or how to fix it or how to work it. So no, like that, I've never. Even so that's seen my po- my point being that you know what I'm saying. Like if I yeah. if I were to have my microphone break on the air, I would want that to be taken care of because. That's not supposed to happen on you know a radio broadcast where for a guy who's been working in radio for 15 years. For girls who are doing a podcast for the first time and they they could care less about the technical aspects of it. They just want to talk about being a mom and they're you know the like that's how life is. You know that you have you guys don't care about what yeah. brand microphone this is or if it's going to run it through compression fancy. or yeah exactly. Yeah. So yeah, that's the way I look at it. <clears throat> I have well, a question. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. I want to know about the moment that you found out you were pregnant. <gasps> yeah. That's for a, me or for, for her? both of you. Um, how, how, did, how did you tell me? Well, I knew upon, uh, uh, upon ejaculation. So <laughs> that's you? when I found out, yeah. Did you do a little va- uh, victory dance? I did. I, yeah! I threw my hands up. I threw, I threw them down on her. I was like, there it is. Um, I believe I said, I, I said, that's the money shot. It wasn't... So romantic. Yeah. I, I don't know. Actually, actually, this this is a funny story. Uh, I hope it is at least. Um, yeah, we'll, and, we'll and, be and the judges. By of the that. way, we, we should just say that that Michael and I have a, a six month old daughter, Magnolia, um, and so and she's, Sabrina's she's, two. Sabrina, Ellie's no, one. one. You were one. at her birthday. I know, but she's I know. Big. The, no, wait, really fast. She, okay, she's not that big. 
<laughs> I breastfed her for a year. Everyone thought she was obese. <laughs> she's not obese because it's only in her face. She's, I know. She has my cheeks and my mother's cheeks. It's well, like a thing. The thighs. The thighs. The thighs. No, she's, yeah, the thighs are really beautiful. She wears these. They're skinny jeans. They're, I don't think they're supposed to be skinny jeans. But on her, they're definitely <laughs> skinny jeans. And there are only certain days that she can wear the skinny jeans because when you change her diaper, you have to like peel them off her. Um, so it's kind of difficult. But what I'm going to say to that is she seems like she's two because that first year, they change so yeah. much. It's mind-blowing. She's like a different... She's yeah. like a whole different creature compared she's to Magnolia. She's another species yeah. compared to Magnolia. So it, it would seem like she was two. It's true. I mean, to me, she's like, it's not at all the same. Well, and I being was around Sabrina no. and being with Magnolia. Absolutely, I was talking today to um, to our nanny about. Um, I don't know why I said it like that, but I, I, there's I, some judgment. There is well, that's, there isn't that. It's also she's not at all. She doesn't seem like she's a nanny because well, she's we've not known a, her for so long. She's not a nanny. She's actually a friend that's filling in. We've yeah. we've been really fortunate in this first year um, to just really be with our daughter since Michael works. Um, you know, on Love Line at night, and he has jobs during the day, but they're, it's not consistent enough to really take him. We out don't of, work nine to five. I mean, yeah. that's the we're very lucky in that regard. Yeah. But, but when you go back to filming on the amazing, incredible, undateable, uh, which Ellie's husband created again, let's <laughs> remind everybody on NBC uh, coming back in 2015. Um, you know, things are going to be way different. I mean, it's going to be a whole yeah. different ball game. Yeah, but I mean, I, I just I feel so grateful, and I think w- neither of us would have a nanny if we had to I mean we are not I totally agree we're not people that we would love to be with and I'm I know most people out there would prefer to be with their kids and can't afford to I understand that you got to go to work you got to you got to take care of the kids that you just had I was Um, thinking about that the other night where whether or not one of us could completely sacrifice either of our careers and stay home yeah for the sake of just there being one parent at home and sure we could and then I thought, am I, are we being selfish to ju- are we only working, both working so much and, and, and so hard for the sake of having a certain lifestyle? No. And then I thought to myself, yes and no, because we're both working to support a lifestyle that includes like sending Magnolia to college. But we're not working to support a lifestyle that includes like numerous Mercedes. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I, at first yeah. I thought to myself, I was like, well, if we moved, to, if we moved to a different neighborhood and... Uh, maybe clean, like changed around our car situation. Like got rid of one of our five like, cars. Like like Magnolia. Or like I could Do not you really have five cars. It's it's stupid. It's, oh, you guys. We, we <laughs> well no. In our defense, in our in, oh, no, we're not the exactly of, the rest of America. Just like I know. But in, wait, hold on. Should we do? But there's uh, there's some caveats that need to be pointed out. Um, when we got married, four we of them each, are on blocks. Well, when we got married, we each owned two cars. So it wasn't like so we got married and those got combined. We then, love we love classic cars, so we each have a, we each have a classic car. She has a '79 Jeep, and I have a '66 GTO, which are yeah, both. It, that, I mean, they don't really count as car. I mean, again, those are more. We yeah, you can't drive those, those are every memorabilia. Day. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then one one of the car she's mentioning is a motorcycle so that doesn't necessarily no and then but then we also have the the mini cooper which is part of michael's campaign that he's doing for mini they gave uh, that is a free car so it's not like i'm so we're not we're not p diddy no 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 Um, of course but as i was saying if we were to change around things blah 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 i could easily not go to work because bianca is is the main breadwinner without question but if there wasn't both of us working to kind of feed into the machine as it is right now there'd be no comfort in 
living in Los Angeles for a long period of time and there'd be no comfort in providing education for them. You know what I'm saying? No, so it's, yeah. it's I, 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 I really thought to myself, I was like, well, is either of us being selfish in just working as opposed to spending time with the kid? But then I thought to myself, no, because what we're doing it for is not for vanity, is not for for and, and material you, purpose. And you and I are both the kind of people that we would be a-okay with our daughter going to a public school. We would be a-okay with living in pretty much any situation as long as... I assume she'd go to public schools. I, as of right now, I, I mean, I'm, I'm under... Well, that's a topic for another podcast. Right. Yeah. No, it is. Only in L.A. We I haven't... Mean, we haven't kind of broach that subject but i you know i went i grew up in la and went to public school i mean uh, i'm an idiot but i, I ended up okay <laughs> no. um I, I it wasn't even that it was m- one day about a year ago dr drew who's let's to cut the ch- cut to the chase has tens of millions of dollars came into loveline and looked at me off the we were off the air and he said in a very serious tone was kind of grief he's like i don't know how i'm going to continue to pay for my children's college now, granted, he has three kids, and they're all tri- they're triplets, so he's paying for oh, three God. kids at really elite colleges at the same time. Yeah. But either way, I thought to myself, I'm like, well, shit. If Dr. Drew's stressing about college, and then he ta- started ta- opening up to me about the cost and the price, and, and all of his kids really pull their own weight. They're all really good, mm-hmm. smart kids, and it's still like close to a million dollars a year. It's not. Nice. Like, so I had a uh, panic attack because then I thought, got to thinking, well... I haven't even had my kid Wait, yet. Wait, a million dollars total. Yeah, yeah. You said a year. A million dollars, yeah, but I'm talking... Three kids. Travel, expenses, oh, the oh, tuition oh. for his three children it, to go it, to the schools that they the go tuition. to. I thought No, no, no. I mean, which and, is, that's, what, $350,000 a year, which is yeah. insane. And yeah, the, well, a million dollars a year. One of his kids' schools uh, is close to like like 140 that's insane a year wow. just on tuition yeah and wow. they're they're triplets they're all going at the same time yeah. it's crazy but well, with your question of like um is it selfish to to have help um or or to pursue your own careers i think it's you know it's something that every mom has to tackle for herself and yeah. every family but i i think it's also important to you know keep doing what you're doing or what makes you special outside of the home like right and so also just getting a break for the moms out there that that don't aren't going to work but they do want to have the opportunity to work out or take care of themselves or go to yoga or just go to the grocery store or have lunch with friends do like anything, that that's yeah. not that it's not selfish for us to take care of ourselves because I'll tell you when I get to escape you know my little soulmate who I yeah. love so much when I when I'm able to leave for a few hours and come back, I am so much more awesome with her. Oh, yeah. You, you appreciate them so much more. And I feel like our responsibility to our kids is to be the best person we can be. And that means to take care of yourself and to nurture the things that make you happy. And, yes, that's our kids. Our kids make us happy. But we were people before but they not came always. along. Yeah, I mean, I will. I will say that the hardest part of the day for me right now is the um, when she wakes up from her afternoon nap from about four p.m. to to six p.m. six thirty when she finally goes for her bath and the bedtime ritual begins. And I, ju- if I've been with her all day on my own, I just am gone by that point. Mm-hmm. It's just you know. And right now we're also dealing with the fact that like she's not getting a lot of sleep. I mean, we're really in the thick of that age and 
Um, she's just starting te- teething and, you know, so it's all of that. But, but I, the days that I get to go and do something, even if it's just go to the gym and work out, I come back and I'm refreshed and I look at her and she's a new person to me. You know, she's a new being and I feel like I've taken care of me. Um, so, you know, and I, and I, Michael and I are so fortunate in that we do what we really get to do what we love to do, you know, and I know a lot of people out there aren't and, and the jobs that they go to are, are for the, for the necessity of taking care of their kids. And that, that is to me so, you know, mind blowingly noble. It's like the, the, like single mom like having one child having help getting to do the career that I love and I think about a single mom taking care of more than one child and I I mean honestly like you know I'm not worthy like praise and worship because that's it's yeah, it so doesn't much. make sense to me I don't even know understand how you piece it together I don't know I, I just don't yeah you know I especially on having my job you know where I I take calls every night from people in different situations, usually in situations of crisis, or else they wouldn't be calling the show. And I talk to a lot of like nineteen year old moms and stuff, and I just wonder. I just go. I I I don't understand how you're able to keep it all together. But maybe something biological kicks in, and and you kind you're force fed maturity a little bit. I, I because I mean I know that my friends like that say like went to war when we I, you know when I was twenty. I was an utter pile of shit. I mean, I was useless. I was a useless human being. But then my friends and I who would, you know, put party together and pump gas together or whatever it may be, they go and they, they join the Marines and they get back from the first, in, uh, excuse me, the se- I guess the second modern uh, incursion in Iraq. And they come back and they were like different people. It was like, uh, it's yeah. just something force That's- feeds you to, to grow up. And I would imagine if you're a single 19-year-old mother, it's kind of the same thing. Your back's against the wall in such a fashion that you you either... You either pick up the pace or you you crumble, and uh, you know I, I just don't understand because I'm 35 and I'm so lost so much of the time with trying to piece together how it, you know how to be a good parent. Well, I, isn't I can't it incredible that yeah. even um, you know we're in our 30s and to to realize that we're completely different people than before we had our when children. we were in our 20s or before we had our children. Yeah, like the, you like every pregnant woman out there, you you won't be the same afterwards. Yeah. It's yeah. just, it's a fact. Well, and I feel really lucky that, you know, for both Mike and I, I mean, this is, a, this is our second marriage, both of us. And so when we, um, the look, second look at this, look, <laughs> <laughs> this is how, this is how I, um, skilled I am at wrapping it back to your original question. Watch this. Um, when we talked about having a kid, when we decided that it was time, and actually Mike was ready, I think, before even we got married, and I just felt like there was still stuff that I wanted to do in my career, and then I realized, like, that's so silly to even think that way. I just can't... I but can't, I keep telling her it's not. What? Yeah, if the tables were turned, if, uh, if you were a guy, no one would ever fault you for that. You know, it's like, it's really kind of a shame that women get put pressure into having that having to make that choice yeah we're like even even what we were just talking about like wondering when you to take a break from your career or not like guys are never faced with that no you just, and they don't feel guilty either you about. just keep on pumping out kids and going to work like yeah. women yeah. always women who now i guess it's the modern paradox of women is that thankfully uh the glass ceiling is as i wouldn't say it's shattered but it's certainly been fractured a lot and and women now for the most part have great careers just as much as many men do and you know 50 years ago that wasn't the case so you just you just knew it was your time right when you got to about 22 it's like okay well now it's 
birth and time. Better give up on whatever medial task I do because I'm a woman and this is what I do. Now, women, it's, are, are everyone's you know equal in love in our hippie world that we live in, which is great. But then you 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 face women are faced with this horrible paradox of of wanting to live out their instinctive primal desire to be a mother or lose that grip on the career they've worked so hard to build. And it's yeah. a it's a terrible, terrible thing to be faced with because guys aren't ever faced with that. You just yeah. aren't. And you and they or at least my experience at home, like my husband doesn't feel any of I don't know, he doesn't have like the guilt or the martyrdom that I have. Like if I leave for a weekend, he has no problem getting someone to come for four hours like he doesn't feel guilty about that at all it's like oh this is great I want you know they don't there isn't that guilt factor and also with what you're doing as an actress in Los Angeles I mean that's like a whole nother level of you know you had to hide your pregnancy on the show yeah for a while for the first I mean the character was never pregnant no. so they just kept putting you in bigger and bigger coats <laughs> luckily so you have a are... huge ass so it was easy to balance it out it did balance anyway it, out it, was supposed to, it was supposed to be winter in Detroit so it worked <laughs> but these are things you know and you're yeah. dealing with um, I don't know if you had any nausea oh or, I was ho- your, I had horrific morning, morning sickness and I and, and also something that I have never read about anywhere no one's ever talked about it that I have come across. And it was so perplexing to me was that about six or seven weeks into the pregnancy, I could not stand Mike. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I thought that I'm, if I wasn't a somewhat smart enough person to know, like, well, this is probably hormonal, I would have thought I married the wrong person. Like, made a huge freaking mistake. Um, I I would wake up at night and let's I, not throw that idea out the window though. It's very possible you could have married the <laughs> yeah, wrong person. Maybe no, it was your not a not a <laughs> chance. Trusting your instincts that we're Come talking on. about. He's he's the best thing ever, and I and I love how he de- downplays it. But um, I just in this this first six months of having a kid, I I just I can't think of or imagine having done this with anyone else. He's just been so. Mm-hmm. Supportive no. and helpful. Right, enough of that. But, okay, but but anyway, she's right though. But, like but, in that, I also like I. W- no one ever told me that either. No one said, "Hey, your wife's going to be a massive bitch, and that she's going to turn into a completely different, per- a completely different person." Well, they said to, that to my husband before we got married. <laughs> Did they? <laughs> no, but when the uh, when the minister at, uh, said, you know, in the what you know about each other and what you don't know about each other, I'm, she was much more eloquent. <laughs> <laughs> I have to write them out. Like, I could be better at this. Um, everybody laughed about that. About uh, what you do not know yet. Yeah, they all. Everyone laughed. Like, oh, he's got no idea what's coming for him. Well, I do a lot of stuff that rightfully annoys Bianca. Like, I know when I should be making her upset, and she's getting frustrated with me. And I go, well, I earned this. <laughs> but in that first six weeks, seven weeks, like she said, I she was getting really upset at me for no reason and I and I couldn't identify what was making her mad at me and that it wasn't frustrating to me it was hurtful I, I was like well what yeah. because and I also felt very neutered I don't know if a lot of guys go through this but I felt very kind of handicapped in my ability to do anything to be because when you're a guy and the baby's in the woman's belly kind of your hands are tied as far as helping out you know what I'm saying but I, even I, after I, I mean I think yeah. that's such a great point because even after or during the delivery 
Yeah. Men feel neutered. I felt very inadequate, you know. Afterwards, yeah. I mean, the, the months breastfeeding, after. yeah. Well, and it was, and what was so crazy about it, I remember one night I, I woke up in the middle of the night and I, I honestly thought to myself, like, it was so pure and real, the urge to hit him as hard as I could in the bed. And I was freaked out by it because I I was like I I love this person. I have fallen in love with this person. I married this person. I was so excited to have a kid with. How can this venom be coming out towards mm-hmm. him right now? And um and I was so upset about it that the next day I was like I have to find out if other people feel this way and I started doing some research online and I found this forum that was all about women talking about hating their husbands and I <laughs> laughed till I about peed my pants because Jezebel Um, I just remember one woman talking about how her husband walked down into the kitchen and she said all I could do was stare at him and think about if I could light the little stick of hair he had uh, sticking up in his head on fire. And I identified with that so wow. much. Okay, do you think it's hormonal, or were there any thoughts behind it? Like, I know well, I've my read whole life now, has changed. Is there any? I've read now that there is some evolutionary idea that it is because the woman's need is to focus so solely on herself that she must keep at everything else that would require care at arm's length. Wow. Um, now, I don't know if that's. And I require a shit ton of care. Yeah, that yeah. must be it. Because I yeah. would think that, I mean, come on, evolution. Wouldn't it make more sense that we would want to keep our men around when our yeah. men? God, I just went back 60 years. <laughs> I, I went to Smith College. It's a women's college. And I just I'm really I ashamed should, of myself. I know, but, but, but you shouldn't be because I think we should go back 6,000 years when we're thinking about yeah. this stuff. It's, it's the same thing how Adam, you said Adam doesn't feel all that guilty about going to work or going to do, do things. And, and leave, because, look. I mean, it's not in his DNA, and it's not in mine. I love my daughter more than anything in the world, but it's just I'm not a woman, and I'm not a mom, and she didn't grow up in my body, and I have a hunter's, you know, I have a hunter's DNA, and you guys are the, you really are responsible for nurturing and caring for the home while the man is out hunting yeah. and providing for the family. I mean, and, and and you know, it's altered greatly, but that's the way it kind of goes in modern society. Even though Bianca is the is financially, if you look at X's yeah. and O's, is the provider for our family for the most part, it's like I still feel the responsibility to do that. I still feel the burden and the idea that like with the pr- overall providing protection. That's my that's my job. You let know? me let me ask you this: what what do you what would you say after the limited experience you've had of being a dad and being a husband? Mm. What would you say is the number one? like advice that you could give to women in dealing with their husbands in that first kind of the, the first child that first when you're both becoming parents you're both figuring out how to do it like what is what do you think like women need to understand maybe more so about men and what they're going through if i could give men or women advice about having children you know i feel like it's grossly irresponsible for me thinking that I have some secret to say this is what you should do when you're having a kid but the one thing I will say is if you have any hesitation then either reanalyze your relationship or wait yeah because you shouldn't you shouldn't be having children with people willy-nilly and I know that sounds like such old man you know starchy advice but it's kind of there's no amount of words there's no level of oratory skill that could really properly describe 
how much responsibility it takes to be a parent mm-hmm. and how much it puts a stress on your relationship as adults when you ha- bring a child into the relationship. So I, I, I can't say here, guys, do this when your white lady gets pregnant or, or vice versa. Women, make sure you do. But I will say that if, if going into it, the idea of, of uh, trying to have a child, if you're at all on shaky ground, Oh don't God. do it. Do and not, not only do don't it. do it, it's time to hit up that couple's counselor or get a divorce or break up because yeah. it's just not, you know, you, you probably are in this for the wrong reasons. And, yeah. and a baby is not going to save things. It's only going to make things worse. So unless you built that foundation on rock-solid scaffolding, yeah. it's going to be a fucking nightmare. And I would say the yeah. rock-solid scaffolding also with, with ourselves. Like if you're thinking about having a child – it just blows my mind how if I spend days and days with Sabrina by myself, which the first three months my husband was gone always at work, um, and and I was my mom came out the first week, um, and then I was alone, and those thoughts that you have can start eating you alive. So I would suggest, you know, figure your stuff out before you have a kid, and figure out what tools that you can use or what what are the little things that make you happy or you know meditate or just great great advice you know stretch take care of yourself um physically before you have a child because it's a marathon and if you you know especially those first months um the first six weeks i was like oh i got it and then it hit me really hard and and i was taking care of myself so i can't imagine if i had done this that's great advice because yeah, I'm playing catch up now. I still I feel like I'm sacrificing. I shouldn't say sacrificing because that would make it as if I did it on purpose. I feel like I've compromised the early part of Magnolia's life and certainly my uh, connection with her by not being in a good place when she was born. And, and now I, and now I have to play catch up and I'm I'm doing you know working overtime. Um, and it's not a, that's not a good that. way yeah. to go. If you can if you can really have the 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 self awareness and the 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 responsibility to to prep yourself uh, mentally, emotionally before you go into being a parent, you know. But look, I, you know, that we may all sound like we're on some ivory tower because a lot of people don't have any of this, the luxury to do any of this. You know, no. it's just like, man, we got to figure out a way to make this go for, on, a, on, a, on a schematic standpoint. Right, you know? but, but you do have the ability, I agree, and I'm totally in an ivory tower, Um <laughs> Someone just set it on fire. Whatever. I'll jump. <laughs> no, that's terrible. <laughs> Working on the self-loathing. I want to so. have but, the just Ellie Talks to Herself podcast. I, I, I could listen to this all day. <laughs> but then I'll jump. Wait, no, that's it's terrible. So, so, I mean, the tower's there. It's in Babel. There. Wait, yeah. no, it's not. <laughs> Jerusalem. So, what was the point? Oh, go for a walk, man. Like, there are things. And I know a lot of, um, a lot of people have so much less who who have so much more than me because of their outlook. Yeah. And I know a lot of people who have a lot more than me who I live in a world of scarcity and think yeah. they don't have anything. So well, I, go you're for right. a walk. A lot of it's Me- personal meditate, responsibility. Get a book that you like from, you know, to read yeah. late at night, whatever you do. Like if it's just even you know, standing in the shower for an extra minute, like give yourself that. Also, I think there's little things. Yeah, I also. I, 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 sorry to interrupt, Bianca, but I, you're exactly right. And that you're, it's not so much an ivory tower as it's pointing out the fact that a lot of it is just really personal responsibility. I remember when I was 25 and I was married to my first wife, 
I was making $19,000 a year. I worked 90 hours a week. I would sleep. I never slept. And I still, and I, 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 I did everything I could to just make ends meet. I was trying to figure out what to do. I was very stressed. And I, I really, but there was always those moments when I was like, I could right now meditate or do exactly what my psychologist told me and, and do A, B, and C and go to sleep earlier and uh, take 15 minutes aside to, uh, to, to write and paint and do all these things that I know are therapeutic. And I, I never did. It was always just I kind of took those moments to feel sorry for myself and add to the stress. Listen, you know? it's, it's extremely difficult when you are already down, when you are already yes. in a place where you feel like you're hitting the bottom of the barrel. Um, it's very – it's extremely difficult to have people who are in a better place tell you to do all these things. And, and Mike and I experienced this very much in our relationship because I've been through my dark past and I – you know, and I, I somehow – did those things and he would always look at me and be like it's not that easy and I understand it's not but I think for those people just like you said pick one thing start you know you don't get to the top of the mountain by by scrambling you know straight from point A to point B you wind your way around and you slowly work up and so just start with something something that you like to do something that makes you happy something that gives you a moment of peace Maybe it's our podcast. Maybe it, it is. is. It <laughs> is. Yeah. I mean, even if your own body, if you scan your body and there's, you know, especially after having a child, my neck and my shoulders are so out of whack. Like there's so many things that bother me. But like, God, when I, when I had to get up in the middle of the night and, you know, take care of my daughter and I go back to bed and my mind's racing. Like if I just like rub my feet together, like that little thing feels it's, good. Like what are these little self-soothing techniques that we have for ourselves because when you find those little things then you op- you open the door of possibility and you start to notice the other things that make you feel good and it's it's a it's a lovely um, just path to a place where you find peace I want to say thank you to my lovely husband for coming in I mean you've got to you guys have to Google this couple. Like, Google image them. It's oh, look who's ridiculous. talking. Yes, exactly. F you. Straight to hell. <laughs> you and your male model husband. Oh. Stop it. Um, I hope that bigger. you'll come back many more times and that uh, we can talk about a lot of no. other things. Because well, you're going to come back come every time to adjust my microphone, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, well, no, I, uh, I, I want to say, uh, in all seriousness, because I know I don't like to do that very much, uh, certainly in public. Um, I wish you two nothing but the best. I think you guys have a great chemistry together. I'm, I've been excited about the the prospect of this podcast for a long time now because I was one of the few people that was there when the germ of the idea was yeah. was first started. So um, I know it's going to be great, and I, I just hope that you guys continue doing what you're doing and you continue to, have to, to, to um, create as much joy in doing this podcast that you do right now, that, that it, this, this kind of feeling lasts for a I long time, will. you know, I think it will. All right, good. Love you. Love you too. Love you. <laughs> I'm going to wait till he takes off. I have to tell you, like, I'm kind of bummed because I had wanted him to, there's this guy that he works with. Um, not love not Dr. Drew. Not Dr. Drew. Although it would be, I, we got to get Dr. Drew in here. Hopefully he'll, he'll grace us with his presence. But um, no, there's this guy, Rudy, who's like kind of not, I mean, he's kind of my type because he's like a little bit of a bad boy, but he's so, <gasps> you he's, and your bad boy. <laughs> he's so sexy. And Mike was going to try and get him to come in to talk to us today because he has this amazing wife, sad girl who's had a ton of kids and he's been in prison. It would just add a lot of color to our podcast. And so I was like, kind of, oh my it was oh, oh my god, it came. What? <laughs> Hi. 
Ooh, it's What's up, Aina? I didn't think that you were going to make it. I'm like a little flushed Hi. right now. Who's the weta over here? Who's the blondie? <laughs> Hi. Damn. This is Ellie. This is mm. my, my co-host in crime. Orale. I'd like to try that on for size. Oh. No. Good. Um, okay. <laughs> Just kidding. So, Rudy, Ellie, Ellie, Rudy. And this, up, is, baby? this is Rudy's beautiful wife, sad girl, who I was hoping would come in and talk oh, to us. Oh, stupid. <laughs> stupid. Scandalous. Skinny white girls. <laughs> Um, so, so how did you guys meet? Um, I was at like, uh, Como City's, the, uh, the Florentine Gardens, you know, it's like a club up in uh, Hollywood. Yes, and, actually, uh, I live very close to there. Oh, damn, dog. I saw someone peeing on the sidewalk there. Oh, oh that was God. probably my cousin Creeper. <laughs> like, uh, he's, they, they used to call him, they used to call him, uh, Pito Juice because he used to pee all over the place, you know, but, um. He got blasted in 1974, like some vato shot him, and he lost his uh, his bladder, got blown out his body. So he don't he, like he, well, he he has no bladder, no butthole, so he can't eat fiber. Well, <laughs> he can't really I eat can, anything, I can, can he? No, like he could drink uh, the wego, the juices. So he goes to press juicery. Like uh, he has mm. a friend there that makes the him cold press juicery. Greens number one. Oh wow, yeah, they're yeah. doing well. Better the uno, I call it. It's dope. You know, it tastes good sometimes. Is he super skinny? Yeah, but like also he does a lot of meth too. So oh well, that'll him, make you skinny. Keeps him lean, you know. So Rudy, we we're hoping that you could enlighten us a little bit about your and Sad Girl's relationship. And how how many kids do you guys have? Damn dog. Um, I didn't know you're gonna hit me with the uh, Barbara Walters hard hitting oh. questions, dog. Let me see. Uh, uh, times four, carry the one. Four, oh God. Eleven. Right. Four, so, okay. Fourteen. Fourteen. Yeah, damn, that's right. Eh? Like a wow. powerful jizz. So sad girl. My I mean, that's, are strong, yeah. like bull. <laughs> Um, does Sad Girl actually, uh, is that your real name? Is that your... Is no, that my name's Pilar. Pilar, that's that so name. pretty. No, that's such a pretty you. name. Scandalous, stupid. <laughs> pretty name. Oh, well... Um, Sad Girl, do you have, or Pilar, do you have any advice for our mothers out there? Just... Had so many children. When you, when, when you give birth, rub the stupid, stupid um, cocoa butter on your, on your panocha... Before or after? During, before, During. Uh, and I did not do that. Did you? And do when that? the baby's first born, take the 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 mira. Como se dice the 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 frisbee of blood? What? Oh, the uh, placenta. And put it in your in your chucha with a mango for no. three days. Stop it. I don't. That sounds unsanitary. That, that, yeah, I don't know. But you know, people in LA eat their placenta. Then you eat the no. eat the <laughs> then you eat the mango with. The wax from a Virgin Mary Guadalupe candle. Oh, and it makes your it makes your panocha tight again. Scandalous, I'm stupid. <laughs> I could so, work on. Well, no, I'm. I'm like God. Don't overshare, Ellie. But let that, me tell you, my va- may, coconut, listen. No, my friend, oil or would have been good because my friend, uh, my friend, Lil Maniac. He has a taco truck in East Los, yeah. and they serve placenta tacos. It's dope. Really? Yeah. Uh, Where do they get the placenta? Little cilantro <laughs> all over Islos. Girls having babies like crazy, huh. dog, you know? Just wow. like make their raining placenta. Well, let's There's listen. I, I just want to say to Rudy and Sad Girl, it was it was a pleasure. Oh, damn. It's a real pleasure to meet you ladies. I really like, you know, I always liked you, Bianca, you know, because me and, and uh, uh, Mike go way back and stuff. But 
like it's really nice to meet you, Ellie. You oh, know, my so little, nice to meet my you, my little blonde sure. angel. You know oh, what I'm saying? You know, thank you. I like to get to know you better. And who's this? Who's this hanging up back here? Oh, that's Maria. Oh damn! <laughs> I'll knock her boots from here to El Monte and back. Okay. Well, thanks for coming. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, I hope you'll come back to visit us. All right. I got to go wait for the AAA truck, you know, because my, 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 uh, my Buick on spokes, you know, I came in here with the hydraulics. I think I busted a gasket, uh, so I got to oh, wait for the jump my car. But, like, uh, you girls keep up the good work. I, I wish you best of luck with your podcast and, you know, keep your head up. Thank you. We look Thanks, forward Rudy. to hearing bye, more from girl. you on Loveline. Oh, bye-bye. <laughs> Scandalous. Well, that was a surprise. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed that interview. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm still stuck on the coconut. <laughs> like, yeah, I well, I, I was kind of wanting you to go with your... Uh, I didn't, I didn't we're all about TMI here, aren't we? Yeah, I should have done some massaging. They talk about that stuff, and I we never did it. We did. We, did. we didn't prep. My, Mike and I did the perineal massage. Yeah. We did not. I think I tried Adam. We're just... He's so Midwest about it all. For everybody who doesn't, uh, hasn't, hasn't heard about the, the good old perineal massage, it's supposed to help you from tearing when you, when you give birth. Yeah. And, and you, you did I tear, didn't you? I had some stitches, yeah. man. I had 45 minutes of pushing, unmedicated, um, and, and a lot of stitches. And I didn't know that, you know, you walk around in a pad for a long time. Yeah. It, but I never did the Kegels beforehand either. I didn't do Kegels. I I um I did I did a lot of sitz baths, which apparently what is that? that helps a lot. That's like the plastic thing that goes on your toilet, and you you put like hot water in it and sit in it. You basically, sit what? with your with your bare butt, and it's supposed to soften the whole area. And I did that for ten minutes every day for a month leading up to. No birth. way, that's a thing. And by the way, a sitz bath. It's a sitz it's bath. It's like a bird bath for your. Yeah, people do it after they have surgery. They'll they'll actually probably. I'm surprised nobody told you to do it when you had your stitches. It would have been no. Really, I was told to pour witch hazel in a pad. But that, that <laughs> felt great. Um, if you put it in the freezer, it helps. But yeah, it's still terrible. Uh, no, the the sitz bath is amazing. And actually, I, I kind of came. It was like my own little. Uh, I made it like a little spa in there. Yeah. I put like light a candle and. I think it's quite think nice. Next baby, I'll ask for a. A gold bidet, and, yeah, and then fill it up with hot water. So you had you had a natural birth in the hospital. I did. And what were your like? What was the what was the reasoning? You were against an epidural, mm. or well, I wasn't against it. I, I wanted to give it a shot. Um, you know, I had a I had a surgery a few years ago for my knee. I had a a, a bone. A uh, bone tumor. It's called a giant cell tumor. It's incredibly rare. It's one in a million per year. Um, and with that, I had a nerve block in my leg for a few days after my surgery. And it was a long process, and I got to learn how to walk again and all this stuff. And so I think with having Sabrina, I knew I wanted to be in the hospital, um, but I wanted to do it on my own. And there was something about, um, if possible, I, di- I didn't want to feel disconnected from the experience mm-hmm. and I wanted I, I know what it's like to feel paralyzed from you know the waist down and, and I didn't if I could I didn't want to do it that way because it probably because of uh, my tumor experience the last time I had spent a, a significant amount of time in the hospital was when um, I, I didn't feel empowered and I was scared and so I wanted to be able to go in this time and really like 
own the experience, walk yeah. around. We ended up in the bathtub at some a point, and then at the end with the pushing was hilarious, though, because I really thought um, the, the doula who was there also said, you know, once you get to pushing, it feels so good, it's great. And, you know, I had seen the videos, and, like, women seem to sort of, like, orgasm out their babies. <laughs> <laughs> These videos are amazing. They're like, it'll be like... <sighs> and that's it, right? Well, yeah. my birth video will not be shown like in hypnobirthing <laughs> because it was a lot of grunting and yelling, and then the doula was like, don't do that with your voice. And I was like, I'll do whatever I want. <laughs> I want it out. But the um, the pushing, yeah, no orgasm. It was, it was, that was very, very difficult. And my OBGYN later said, though, that like it's good that it took that time because, you know, um, you know, it needed time to sort of stretch out or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, and you were and you weren't so numb that you didn't know what you were doing or feeling when you were yeah. pushing. And I'll tell you, after when I had her, that w- it really was uh, amazing to to. I had a blindfold on, actually. You know, they tell you to bring this stuff to relax. I guess. Well, I just kept it on because every time I saw the medical equipment, I'd kind of freak out. So I had a mask on while I was pushing, and they were like, take off the mask, take off the mask. And so finally I took off the mask, and I and right when she was coming out. And it, the video, it's so funny because I'm just like, it looks like my head exploded. And it kind of did yeah. because you're just like, this is crazy. This yeah. person is here now. It's, it's here like now. You, you see me go into, like, another dimension. Yeah. And then to to be able to walk down the hall, like, the next day to have – yeah, basically to have um, my f- full – Faculties, yeah. It yeah. Was, it, just because of this other experience I had, it, it it was really great. And to to now I can, you know, my husband's always like, "You have no pa- pain threshold." You have da da da, and I'm like, "Oh, oh, buddy, you it's can never different. say that again." It's different though, too, don't you think? I mean, it's it's a different type of pain. Um, it's a lot of surrendering. <laughs> it's a lot of surrendering, and I and I just want to say that you know, we you and I have talked about this at great length because we both did natural births and I did mine at home and I find that whenever I talk to someone that I don't know and they ask you know what hospital I had Magnolia at and I said well we did it at home and and they always immediately launch into um like kind of a stammering of well I I had mine at the hospital but I did this you know because I want to do this and and I always wish and I, I guess I'm taking this opportunity to kind of put it out there and say like for any women out there who have had kids, who are having kids, you know, are are you know, n- not even pregnant, but one day want to have kids, um, you got to do it the way you want to do it. I mean, I am am in no, I have no judgment for anybody who decides to schedule a C-section because it is such a personal thing, and you have to be so comfortable in that moment to have the experience that you want. And and by the way, you may set out to have a, a birth a certain way and it may go exactly the opposite That's way. Um, and I think that the most important thing is that you, you have a baby. Exactly. At the end of the day, you have a baby, exactly. you have a child. And, um, and I am so not into this brow beating that's going on with, you know, I don't, no, no one should feel like they're a better mother because of the way they chose to, birth their child right or or the way that the the baby chose to be birthed exactly because exactly it's such a good lesson that you know we can we have our we set out with our intentions and then you know you got to give it up because who 
Who knows? I mean, I've had girlfriends who've tried, you know, went down the path of a natural birth, and some of them who labored for days and and then had to have a C-section. And, you know, I had a natural birth, but I was not... I, I didn't spend days in that. Like, they did, you know, so... This whole like you don't get a certificate or a, a ribbon any way that you have a ba- you know you choose to have your baby or the, the baby chooses to be born and you just I don't know I now I'm like I'm speechless because it's such a big thing it's and there's a big so thing. much shame wrapped up in like not being able to have the birth that you wanted to have and it, it it's really the first big step of preparing you for parenthood i think because your kids are going to have their own mind made up about a million different things and if you can't wrap your head around your birth being different than what you expected it to be you're going to have a hell of a hard time wrapping your head around when your kids turn out to be different than you expected them to be and we all do it we all have these ideas of you know you right. you're like oh gosh she's she's really talking a lot and using her voice maybe she's going to be a singer you know i mean you do that and the the fact is they're going to be who they're going to be and we're just kind of along for the ride um, so I think it's like that's, set your intention and let go of your expectation yeah yeah I think so I mean look I'm not an expert I am I have a six month old I am barely my my pinky toe is barely in the water yeah but at <laughs> the same time you're like totally in the water right now at six months man yeah, but I mean, you know, it doesn't. Don't you feel like everywhere you go, when you talk to somebody whose kids are a year or five years or seven years, or they, now they have two kids or three kids, you know, it's like someone's always there to be like, just wait. And oh, I know, <laughs> always, and then wait till you have more, and then wait till yeah, absolutely, yeah. And it's true because I feel like you'll you'll have issues, and I'm like, oh god, well, just wait because now Sabrina is up in everything nonstop. Yeah, and you just can't. It's there's. It's always something new. Always diff- different challenges. Always. Yeah, yeah. What are you pointing at? What's me for? your mom's session? My mom's session for the week. Well, I gotta say, um, you know, we didn't talk about our our uh, atomic mom shelter that we have here. This beautiful teepee that every guest will be photographed in, and will be up on our Instagram page and um, Twitter and all of that mm-hmm. at Atomic Moms. And uh, my obsession would be Dolly and Francis make a teepee. Um, which we will uh, have up on our site, and um, they have the cutest teepees ever for kids. They do custom so teepees, and they—I had them actually. First, they made one for my daughter Magnolia, which is gorgeous, and you can specify the color and if there's certain things that you want on them, and um, and then uh, you know they 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 ship them out, and they're two beautiful, amazing ladies, and I love mine. It is so, and yeah, you know how fun it is. I mean, she's not even six months, and she—I mean, she is six months. She's not even a year yet, and she. Loves being in it. into it. Yeah. No, it's great. And by the way, these are things that we share because we're obsessed with them. We have not gotten anything. Uh, yeah. Or we haven't been paid anything. My no. uh, mom's session is, God, there's these, this really cool t-shirt company out of Austin called We Rascals. Um, and it's so cool. I'm just going to read you their little about thing because I think it's so cool. We Rascals was born out of a desire to see real life heroes have meaning in our kids' lives and wardrobes. Wanting something different from the mass marketing of cartoon characters, we recognized a need to present faces of real people for all kids to admire. Aww. We set out to rediscover who a superhero really was, and we ended up finding several along the way. So you can buy these t-shirts that have like Abe Lincoln and Fe- Frederick Douglass so and Joan cool. of Arc. Love like, these that. historical you know Love figures that. on these little right. toddler tees um, and then our last order of business is uh, is our mom bomb and that will be every episode we will have a little 
pearl of parenting wisdom for you, and uh, and I think you have one. Right I have now one. For us. Um, I was watching Breaking Bad, and it came up. <laughs> so uh, this is a it's short and sweet, um, but think about it. It's called it's uh, take yes for an answer. There's so many times that I I'll, someone will give me what I want. <laughs> Or, and and I kind of like come up with a million excuses as to not to do it. It's if just take yes for an answer and see what happens. Love that. So simple and good. All right, you guys. Thanks for listening. We hope you come back for more. And uh, remember, trust in your goodness, live out your greatness, and rock on, Atomic Moms. <laughs> like listening to comedy try watching it on the internet the folks behind the sideshow network have launched a new youtube channel called wait for it it's got interviews with comedians like reggie watts todd glass liza schleichinger slicing driving friends with her for 10 years one of the funniest people out there and i still have a hard time with the last name liza our very own owen benjamin that's me takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more you don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore because it's here and it's funny and I love you. A few days ago, Brooke Tudine posted an inspirational quote on her wall that got 17 likes and three comments. Thumbs up, Brooke. Geico also wants to make a comment. In just 15 minutes, you could save hundreds of dollars on your car insurance by switching to Geico. And nothing says inspiration better than saving money. Well, except for those posters that say things like teamwork, excellence, and make it happen. Hashtag keep climbing. Hashtag savings. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.